Uh, one of the things we said, said to you on Sunday that we were going to do tonight, and I think well, let's go ahead and do that next, uh, is um, we were going to have Ken and Melody Miles share uh, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, um, uh, regarding the events that uh, took place a couple months ago in the news, and, uh, and they were unable to share at that time uh, because of legalities and certain things, what was really happening. But uh, they went through a trial and uh, are coming out on a victory side. Amen. So I don't know if both of you are sharing or, or one or however you guys want to do it, but come, come on up and, uh, and uh, say something. <laughs> Amen. If you don't know these guys, now you do. Ken and Melody Miles, they've ministered. Melody has ministered here before sharing some of her uh, amazing testimony and, and ministering the goodness of God. All right, you guys good? Yeah. Good. Well, I'm going to start it off. I'm going to give you a little testimony on something that's beside what we were going to talk about tonight. But we actually experienced, we started learning rejoicing a good 12, 13 years ago, um, being under a, another ministry. But just a quick note. First of all, what we're going to talk about tonight, um, the, the victory of it came out because of rejoicing. I'm going to tell you about that. We'll go into that a little bit later. But I want to give you something else. Uh, 2001. We, uh, I had actually, we had sunk some money into a car to get it fixed up for a little bit of traveling. And uh, on a trip we took... Um, the transmission locked up in the second gear, and we couldn't do any more than about 40 miles an hour for a long time. Anyway, and so we got to our destination, and it was a little bit of a vacation, and we got to our de- destination, and I couldn't do anything about it. It was the 4th of, uh, the 4th of July weekend that year, and uh, wind up having to uh, tow the car, and five of my family in, in one little U-Haul, a uh, little bench seat, and uh, had to tow the car all the way back to the back to Tulsa, and uh, it was at that time I had to learn about rejoicing because it was the only car I had, and couldn't really afford to go get another one because I had sunk so much money into it. And uh, I started hearing this message on rejoicing, and I just started uh, in the van that my company actually allowed me to use on my lunch break. Just started ha ha. Every time I thought about that car, I'd picture it under the carport, and I named it Ha Ha Ha. So anytime the enemy would bring that to my mind, I'd go Ha Ha Ha. So one night I just decided I'm going to take it a little bit further. So I went to my to the house we were living at the time, and I got in the shower, sat down in the tub, and I just started sitting there with the shower on me. Thank you, Jesus. Ha Ha Ha. Ha Ha Ha. Sometimes I just get flat out drunk. One night I actually did get drunk in the Holy Spirit. Okay? You have to say that sometimes here in church meetings, okay? But the Lord showed me, He said, I'm going to give you a vehicle that is green exterior and tan interior. I started seeing it. Six weeks from the time that it went down, we got a knock on the door on August the 18th. It was a Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. My wife went to the door for me because I had to get up in a few minutes and go to work anyway. But she went ahead and went for me, and she said, she came running back, and she said, now listen, I got so persuaded that God was going to give me a brand new vehicle, okay? She said, Ken, 
somebody's wanting to give us, a, it looks like a, a vehicle. And I said, is it used or new? And I was kind of in a half doze. And she said, I think it's used. I said, tell them to take it back. God can do better than that. But I tell you, it wasn't, it wasn't cocky. I just knew on the inside that God was going to do better than that. So she comes back to the door, and, and then she comes back to me again, and she says, Ken, you need to come see this. And so I got dressed real quick, and I went out there, and they said, Mr. Miles, we've been waiting three days to give you this brand new van. Somebody went to the dealership and purchased it, gave us two years of full insurance, full coverage insurance, money for a tag, and it's loaded. And it was a green exterior and a tan interior vehicle. And I danced that thing in, and I laughed it in. Just like what we're about to tell you here, I danced and laughed this victory in too. You know, First, uh, Second uh, Chronicles 20 talked about sending the praisers ahead. And it said God took on the battle. You didn't, they didn't have to fight it. They just praised their way through it and picked up three days of spoils. You know, if we as Christians get that into our hearts and really learn how to apply that to our life, Wow, what could happen? Anyway, but I just wanted to give you that little testimony there because it seemed to fit. Is that okay? But anyway, um, first of all, everything's fine with what happened in the news. I'll just let you know that everything turned out great. Matter of fact, even better than expected. And, uh, and I was expecting a lot. And I didn't know how God was going to do it. But uh, I just knew he would because he's... Almighty God, correct? Almighty. And when the word all goes on the front of that word, it means all, right? And uh, first of all, everything's cleared. First of all, they said that we were going to have, I was going to have, be a convicted felon for the stuff that happened, but I didn't. And we appealed to a higher court. And I mean, not just God, but literally a higher court, you know, in a district court. And I'd already appealed to the highest court, but we, they went ahead and appealed to a higher court, and everything got dropped. And they saw that what happened with the news was not the truth. Can I say this? Watch out what you hear and see on the news. Don't be deceived, okay? But I'll tell you, the, the issue that we faced was our fault. We, we kind of cowered down to something that God had wanted us to do and got in trouble. So it's not the news's fault. It's not the people that were suing us, their fault. I take the blame. It was our fault. And we got distracted. And when we talk about distractions when we're in these meetings, it's because we learned it firsthand. Okay? So if you can learn something tonight from what we're going to talk to you about, please do. It'll save you a lot of heartache. We didn't have to go through what we did, but we did. And we came out victorious. God can turn things around. And... um but I just wanted to let you know that, you know, there's a, a gentleman that we were trained by, Brother Hagen. He said, believe half of what you see and nothing you hear. Okay? Let that be a lesson to us all. Because what you saw in those news footages, what you read, was not true. And we had already been handling this for years in advance. And uh, they even said in one spot that there was a Kenneth Miles that... Um, it's, it's, uh, it's still funny to me because I am not a gambler, but they said I was, I was a con man. 
And they said I had been in con games uh, several years ago, gambling, and I was serving a sentence, but yet I was out ministering at the same time. I don't know how I can be in two places at the same time. Okay, they had not done the research. It was not true. It was false. Okay? And uh, even today, we got a, an email from someone telling us that we were, we were thieves because they're just now still, a lot of people are just now still hearing about it. And so we haven't released any post or anything yet, really. And uh, Brother Mac's going to help us out and to help us with this uh, situation a little bit, kind of speed some things up, and we appreciate that. We'll get with you. And, uh, but I just wanted to let you know, it's not the TV's fault, but, you know, or the television station or anybody like that, you know, it's not anybody's fault. It's our fault. We take responsibility for it. But be careful what you hear, okay? Be careful what you listen to. Don't be yanked in the direction, especially in these last days, okay? Because it's going to get worse, okay? And I'll be honest with you, Melody and I, Melody and I, we heard what happened to Creflo Dollar a couple of years ago. Anybody heard about that, where he had gotten, you know, arrested? And I'll be honest with you, the first thing I heard on the, on the news and the first thing I saw on the Internet and I wrote him off. I did. I wrote him off. And here it is. I got put in the same situation, and I realized that was foolish of me. That was uh, rather, rather dumb, you know, because now I see what happened. And I heard the rest of the story from, his, from, from what he was talking about. And, uh, and it wasn't true what the news was saying. So, but anyway, they got all the, po- you know, the, the, vi- the uh, pictures and all that kind of stuff, but still... <laughs> It makes it look worse than it really was because they want our ratings. It's all about money. In 2007, I'm going to start in on it. 2007, we, uh, we decided to go into business. 2004, Melody had the experience with, uh, with cancer and, and then, you know, had visitation with heaven. And... Uh, And really, Melody, uh, she was ready to go into ministry. She could have, but I wasn't ready. I'd, I'd actually had some things in my life where I just was not ready to go into ministry, and to be honest with you, it would have destroyed us if we had. And I had to take that on myself, too, and had to swallow hard on that pill. And uh, so with some of the things that were happening in her life, that she really couldn't even talk to me about. I hope you don't mind me saying this, Pastor, but she was being intimidated. A lot of spiritual things where Jesus had said that, uh, <clears throat> Jesus had told her, said, you're marked. You're marked in the Spirit. And so the enemy, of course, took advantage of her being marked in the Spirit and really started showing up in the house a lot. And to be honest with you, we just sit and I didn't even know about it, and she... She was actually being intimidated because the enemy, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but it wore her down after being sober so many years. And he'd show up at the refrigerator when she'd open it and close the door, and all of a sudden he'd say, I'm going to kill your kids, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And, and so finally, she, uh, after a few years, it kind of wore her down. Those of you who want to go to heaven and see heaven, don't do that. Okay? If you want to go to heaven, live your life and then go. But don't want to do that because you don't know what you're asking for. Okay? I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what was going on because she couldn't tell me. I was heavily oppressed at the time. And uh, 
And so 2007 comes along, and she decides, you know what? Might as well go and, you know, make some money. And then we had deceived our own selves into thinking that we were wanting to do this so that we could uh, support ourselves in ministry, so that we wouldn't have to depend on the giving of others. Sounds good, don't it? That's selfish. Because God want, He designed this thing where people have to give and need to give, and He puts on people's hearts to give, not only for our blessing, but for the people that we're ministering to, but also for the giver. The giver. And we have seen some miraculous things, testimonies of people's lives and businesses, just from them sowing into our ministry just in the last two years, has turned businesses around. One guy that just sowed into our ministry because he still believed in us. He just said, I just, he just texted us just the other day, just less than a week ago. He says, I've had a record day in all the years of my business. I've had a record day in sales just after I sowed that gift into you, into your ministry. One guy said, in six months from the time I started sowing, I got a $90,000 increase in my, uh, in, what was it, his, his stocks or something like that. He said, in, in just six months, he said, $90,000 increase or 89000 I was like, wow, you know. Thank God, because I asked him, I said, you don't have to do this anymore for me. He said, you, you, t- you be quiet. He's an older man. I said, yes, sir. He said, you let me do what I'm supposed to do, and you go do what you're supposed to do. I said, yes, sir. And we got 30 minutes. <laughs> anyway, so as uh, 2007 rolls around, we got in, in started in this business. All of a sudden, it shot straight up. The idea that Melody had and had put it together as a designer and stuff, all of a sudden, shot straight up. We had a million dollars in bids just on paper, just at what we could, uh, could do bids on, and, and people were really after her design. Well, all of a sudden, sometimes, sometimes fast growth is a whole lot worse than slow growth, and all of a sudden, here we go. It starts, we got had her on all these extra people, and then we were, it was just, we were taking down payments, weren't able to finish jobs fast enough, and it was just a train wreck, one after another, because deadline after deadline after deadline just started hitting, and all of a sudden, we had backed up all of these jobs, couldn't finish any of them. We went from like two employees to 15 employees in just a few, just a few weeks. Well, after that, while that was going on, we, we simply just had hired these people on that we trusted, and we tried to, uh, we tried to get thing, you know, keep things going. So a lot of the down payments we were having to pay out to contractors, we were having to pay out to employees, supplies, and different things of that sort. The next thing you know, we're in a mess. We had people stealing from us, these employees that we really trusted, and started going behind our backs after Melody taught them how to, how to work the business and how to, how to do these procedures on cabinets and stuff. The next thing you know is they're stealing jobs, getting us fired, and we're left that wrote these checks, you know, for all these supplies. Next thing you know, they leave and get us fired, and we're left holding the bag with checks that have been signed with my name on it. And these are ministers that we trusted. Next thing you know, one of them's sick because he basically stole from us. And I'll just leave it at that. The other one, I think the guy actually repented, but he never made it right with us. And now he's in foreign soil. But we trusted these guys. And that's what started it right there was all of a sudden we had these checks written Two, three different checks, four checks, something like that. And, I mean, they were substantial. And they had our name on it. So all of a sudden, they're sent to the DA, and that starts their ball rolling. 
Um, trying to rush it a little bit. <laughs> um, so basically, things just went from bad to worse, and um, the stress of it all. Uh, we were working seven days a week. It's, it's you know, um, we had a plan, but it wasn't God's plan. And we had real good intentions in the plan, but you can have good intentions, but if it's not God's plan then his his blessing can't be on it. And he, he wants us to be blessed, but if we get out from underneath his plan, we divert off of his course. And that's what happened. And um, so all this built up, and the stress of it was building up on me. We were working seven days a week, sometimes not even going home, around the clock, three days straight. Um, and so one day when I was at a job site on a ladder, um, I had a stroke. Um, instantly, everything changed. I was rushed to the hospital. I was completely paralyzed on my left side and in ICU. And um, we had to let everybody go. We we were just, it was, I mean, we're trying to be honest here. It was bad. The situation was bad. We, you know, the important thing is um, we take full responsibility for getting distracted and not following the plan of God, but we never had criminal intentions. We never took any money from anyone um, as a con, you know, plan to never do work for them or never to finish their jobs or anything like that. And um, when I had this stroke, Ken went to every single one of the customers and said, this is what's happened. My wife's in ICU. I'm having to let everybody go. We just don't have it in the account to have contractors, but I will do good on the contract you've signed with me. We've signed with you, and I'll finish your job. It may take me longer because I might have to do it by myself, but I'll finish it. And everybody but three people said, great. And they they stuck by us, and sometimes it took long. (laughs) Um, But he got it all done. And uh, we finished all the jobs. And so, um, yeah. Um, Basically, I, well, (laughs) one night I was was in the hospital bed in ICU, and, and I... You know, I was... Okay. Okay. First of all, it was a massive stroke, okay? It was a massive stroke in about this much of her brain. A uh, blood clot had come, what they said was through her calf, went through her heart. They actually wondered if there was a hole in her heart, okay? And it hit the back of her head back here and actually uh, had killed that much of her brain, okay? Matter of fact... OSU, Oklahoma State University, sent in all these doctors and in, uh, these interns, whatever, and they came in and like, what was it, 10 or 12 of them one morning? Because they were wondering how her brain had resurrected from the dead. Okay? In other words, this much that had been dead, now it's just the size of like an eraser on a pencil, had been dead. So they were doing all this research and wondering how she had, uh, had all of a sudden her brain had come back to life because it was black. It was actually literally black on the x-ray. So I just want to say that real quick. Okay. Um, 
Well, anyway, uh, one night I was laying in the in the hospital bed in ICU and um, kind of, you know, feeling sorry for myself, trying to figure out how I got to this place. Um, and the Lord came into the hospital room and he stood at the foot of my bed and he said, are you ready to do what I've told you to do? And I said, yes, Lord, I will. He said, you'll walk out of here in two weeks. And that's what he's talking about. My brain literally started healing. And I started getting all mobility back. I was completely paralyzed. I was in a wheelchair. um, And obviously you can tell it's gone. (laughs) Um, So kind of trying to move quicker because we're taking too long. Um, We... Basically, you know the story. That's that's what happened. Um, two of those customers um, turned into a judgment. One of the customers went straight to the district attorney, and um, Ken went through something back several, you know, right when it happened, and um, he was cleared of it immediately. And then, um, basically, what what happened recently is that one last customer came forward, and it was a customer that we had worked with, that gone to, talked to, and was making payments to, and but they weren't large enough, and they weren't fast enough, so they wanted to take, you know, legal, yeah, and they kept adding how much we owed them, and that kind of thing, and um, so we finally got the, the hint, and said, I think we need to do this God's way. And we went into full-time ministry. We didn't know how it was going to work. We didn't know how we were going to provide for our family. But the moment that we did, doors opened. And God provided a home for us to live in. We didn't have to pay rent, mortgage. Somebody actually donated it to us to live in while we were starting ministry. Um, Car, another one, was purchased for us. We never asked for these things. God just started miraculously providing and we didn't know from one month to the next, you know, um, where provision was coming from, but it did. And in the meanwhile, we were believing God that he was going to take care of all this stuff from the past. And we were going to be able to pay that off and pay those people off. And we went forward in ministry. And so um, when we came here last summer um, to this area, uh, just through... God just basically directed us and instructed us after we spent much time in prayer um, to move here and to make this our our home church, um, to make Pastor Mark our pastor. And we did not come here because of what was going on legally. Um, We weren't running from anything. Ken was actually, we already had legal counsel. um, And and I got to back up and say, we actually didn't even know. I guess they can... Um, charge you with charges and put out warrants and you not know about it. And we didn't know about it. And so here we are um, in in ministry several years later after this has happened, and we basically find out that we have warrants out because we start getting letters from attorneys trying to solicit our business, um, saying that Ken has a felony, more like a felony charge. And so we finally, after we got about four of them, we discarded the first one. Um, we said, maybe we need to find out what this is. And 
So we did, and immediately took action in finding out what we needed to do. Um, What we needed to do was quite expensive, because the only way that you can satisfy a warrant is to turn yourself in, be bailed out, and you have a court date one week after that, and you have to have an attorney, um, which is $8,000. And so, for this one. So anyway, we we had to kind of strategize how we were going to take care of this thing, you know, personally. It was a personal issue from the past. And so we had it planned, and this is what we can do here and what we can do there. And they knew what we were doing and um, where we were and all that kind of stuff. And so we just continued on with ministry. What else are you going to do when you tried to do it your way before and it didn't work, you know? And, um, and so... Right before I was going to go with Ken to the next court date, and by the way, even when we moved here, Ken was going, he was flying back home and making every court date. Before we moved out here, we went to the attorney and the bail bondsman, let them know what we were wanting to do and where were we going, and they gave us permission and said, we understand. Um, And so here we were, and everybody knows what happened. Um, someone called the news station when they saw it posted on Facebook where I was. And you know the rest of that story. Um, the rest of the story from there, which you don't know, is, um, you know, when, when, this first, when, we, when this first started going down, God told me. He said, Melody, you're going to go through the fire And the flames are going to get quite large and you're going to feel the heat. But if you keep your eyes on me, I've already prepared a way out. And you'll walk through the fire. And when you come out of the way that I've prepared, you won't even smell like smoke. And, you know, I have to be honest, it's not always easy to believe those things, but we have to choose to. You know, we have to choose to, and we have to choose to rejoice, and we have to choose to believe him and choose to trust him because it could have gone a whole other way if I didn't. And so I trusted him. And, um, you know, when it first happened, our attorney was telling us that because of the, at first, before the arrest that took place with me, the attorney told us, oh, this is not, this is so clearly not embezzlement. I'm going to be able to get this clear, no problem. So we just went on with life. We knew God was going to take care of this issue. You know, it wasn't, we knew we had not done anything criminally, you know, to embezzle money or steal. And so we knew God was going to take care of it and went on. <laughs> and then when the everything took place here in October, it changed everything. And the attorney explained to us that basically um, the bad publicity, whether true or not, um, I guess I, we learned a lot. <laughs> um, pol- you know, there's politics and there's re-elections. And um, the DA's office felt it necessary to make an example out of us. So because of what took place, they you know, planned on throwing the book at us. And so we, we asked the attorney if there was going to be an opportunity to just make restitution, you know, and... and and he said, oh, no, that's not going to happen. And I hung up the phone. I said, oh, yes, it will. 
Yes, it will. And so long story short, we, um, we showed up at, a, at the preliminary hearing, um, which I don't know if you know what that means. I didn't know until this situation what it was. But um, the DA brings forth at least four witnesses and presents the case in front of a judge. And um, our attorney basically kind of counteracts that. And the judge makes a decision whether it should go to trial. We never had that hearing. Um, a week before we were to go to the hearing, the attorney's heart to- totally started changing in our favor. Um, he called me and asked me to give him names of those customers that Ken went to and finished all the jobs and asked me to give him documentation of the stroke, and I did. He had a private meeting with the, with the DA a week before we were to show up. And so when we showed up for the preliminary hearing, um, the attorney told us that the DA had called off all his witnesses. Um, it was a game changer. Because now when he saw all of these witnesses and these affidavits and this proof, it was a completely different story than what had been presented. And um, so he said, he told the attorney, if they can make restitution, there's no trial. So they set another date for December 9th. We had three weeks for all this money to come in. Had no clue where it was going to come from. We didn't ask personally ask anyone for any money. We watched God bring it all in. In the very last minute, he's faithful. No matter what it looks like, no matter how big the flames or how big the storm, he's faithful. And um, we showed up with it, and we literally sat back and just watched God. We don't even know why or how, but the next thing we know, we're moved from one court to a higher court upstairs. We're just kind of following the attorney. You know, he's saying, come with me. And we sat in on the bench in the courtroom, nobody else there. And our attorney, the DA, uh, two assistant DAs and the judge all collaborated together in the back. And our attorney came out and said, okay, here's the deal. Um, they see it different than what they did before. You've been through enough. Um, so we pleaded no contest because we wanted to take responsibility that we owed people money, but that we were not guilty of embezzlement. And the judge took our plea, and um, we are on unsupervised uh, probation, which means we can go on our missions trips and do whatever we need to do. And, um, and then when that time is over, our record is expunged, and he actually wants to revisit it in a year to even cut that. So um, that's it. It's done. Case closed. <laughs> no trial, no hearing. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I, do I have a couple more minutes? Yep. Go okay. Um, one of the things I w- that I just wanted to make real clear, Ken and I both wanted to make really clear, is that the... The headlines read, Minister Arrested for Embezzlement. And I told you the story, but I just want to be real clear with the fact that what happened then and the consequences and the way the enemy blew that up, it had nothing to do with our ministry. Absolutely nothing. Um, Miles Global Ministries is um, above board. Um, we're in the 501c3 process. We have um, 
a board of directors. Uh, Matt can probably testify to this. When we have our meeting every year, they set our salary. We have no say in that at all. Um, so when people make out checks to Miles Global Ministries, it goes into Miles Global Ministries, and they write a check to us if it's there. The funds that come into the ministry don't all come to us. They do things. And we're more than just me going around, which is important, sharing my, my story and ministering as I do in churches. We have Miles Global Ministries Pakistan. And we can't put this on our Facebook or on our website um, in order to protect them. Um, but we, you know, we, we weren't the only ones hurt through this. We have pastors in Pakistan that are Miles Global Ministries Pakistan. And um, we were holding pastors conferences every month via Skype actually and you can just start showing those pictures if you want here you go and um, starting to train up these pastors with the word of God so that um, they can equip because basically they don't know any word they just love Jesus so um, we're preparing to when we do these these um Pastors' conferences, they have to be bussed in from uh, even villages out. It's a big deal. It's not like here. And so we have to feed them and, and things like that and um, pay for the transportation to bus them in. And our pastors, our contacts there set it all up, and then they Skype us in and we teach them. And um, there's some pictures in here where Ken was teaching them on the Holy Spirit and then Pastor John would lay hands on them, and they never seen anybody slain in the spirit, but they were slain in the spirit. Um, and they have, here we go, there you go. <laughs> um, they have a school, every church has a school, because otherwise the children don't get education. And so when we, you know, that's our money from our ministry goes over to them and supports them. Pastor Vicki lost his job because... Uh, he was preaching Jesus, and so our ministry, he, he depended on us to support him, which, of course, stopped. And so we know God has gotten the victory through this thing, and we're ramping back up, and we're ready to go, and they're ready to go. and um, Yeah, oh, yeah, we put in a well, and I think there's pictures. Can you show those? Where we actually, there you go. We had a well put in. So that the homeless children, they wrote a little sign, thanks, Pastor Ken and Melody, <laughs> Miles Ministry. But the, what happened was these are homeless children, and homeless, it's, they call it a village, but it's just a bunch of cloth over sticks. And um, the kids were having to drink water from the sewer that was coming out of the city, and so they were losing their eyesight and their hands and different parts of their body and so we sent over funds for them to dig as well so they could have fresh water so I just felt it was important for you to see who we are and to to see that what happened had no connection to the ministry at all and if you've bought a book the funds are in a savings account in the ministry account 
um, $7,550 and something cents waiting to go to the publisher as soon as she says it's okay because the coast is clear from what just happened. So, amen. I think that's it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anything else you wanted to say? Go for it. I know I was cutting you cutting you off, but there's time. Yeah. Um, let me this real quick. Just really quick, I just want to read this Galatians six. <laughs> Are you laughing at me? I'm totally laughing because I was about to read that. Oh, you were. <laughs> That's the one scripture I had on my heart all day. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, well, can I read it? Absolutely. Okay. Then I'll explain it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, you can. You can, you can. That's fine. Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, and in another translation it just says fault, um, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself least you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And we all know the law of Christ is the law of love. That's That's what I was going to say, too. (laughs) And I was going to read 1 Corinthians 13, but I won't do that. (laughs) I wasn't going to do that one, so. But I'll give it to him in a second. But we wanted um, to thank those of you who were spiritual and restored and stood by us and believed in us when others went in regardless of what was said. And prayed for us and hugged me when I needed a hug. I really thank you from the bottom of my heart. We both do. And we are so, so extremely proud to call this our home church. I just, I just wanted to say thanks also. I had one lady that had called and said, Ken, you know, I'm, I'm unmarried and I gave Melody a hug. I didn't give you one because I'm a woman and you're a man. I was like, well, that's okay. I mean, you know, I, I can take a hug too, you know, every now and then. <laughs> we won't. She'll stand right beside me and you can hug me, you know. But uh, we really, really, really appreciate because I've seen churches that did not handle situations like this. And I don't know if Pastor Mark has told anybody, but he's had, we had churches that came against us because this man stood beside us and stood with us. And there's other churches here in town that was really apologizing that we even showed up and called this our home church because woe unto Pastor Mark for, you know, uh, taking us in and, and standing with us. And uh, so we thank you. Amy. Yeah, appreciate it. Because to be honest with you, uh, we got shunned by some other churches that we considered really close and uh, because they believed and again I don't I'm not coming against the news if there's a news reporters out there they're born again whatever if they're not so be it God love them we love them okay and we forgive them but the thing is you got to be careful what you hear careful what you look at on those on those screens okay and and uh, it's just wise you know be wise as a serpent harmless as a dove but one thing that that said here is it says brethren if a man is overtaken In other words, if he slips and falls, okay, in any trespass, whether it's something he intended, something he slipped into, 
You know, Paul said, I killed people before I got born again in ignorance. You know what I mean? And he says, you who are spiritual. You know what that word spiritual just simply means? Not carnal. Those of you who are not carnal, restore. Bring them back in the fold. Love on them. Bring them back. Help them out. You know, don't be afraid just because somebody put some charges and allegations against them. Believe me, they're allegations. That means they're allegations until we have seen the other side of it. They're not true. They're just what they said looked right. And then when we brought our facts together, then we saw. Then they got the whole story and, and it was dropped, you know, because it wasn't truth. He said, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves lest you also be tempted. You know, we've got to love one another or the enemy, if we judge, then we'll have an opportunity to slip and fall ourselves again. You know what I mean? And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that at all. So, Pastor Mark, thank you for this time. We appreciate it. Thanks for sharing. Yes, sir. Okay. God is not a man that he should lie nor the Son of Man, that he should repent. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, God is good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, I don't need to read Galatians 6. <laughs> I was going to go through some of that, but they did. A, we're right on the same page, and uh, I think bottom line, bottom line, and how how we respond to individuals of any kind is: if we're spiritual, we seek to restore. If we're led by the Spirit, we're following the Spirit of God, or we're mature, we're spiritual, we seek to restore. If uh, sometimes in our in our day, the, those who claim to be the most spiritual are often the most judgmental and they're the ones willing to throw everyone under the bus instead of whatever the case as long as someone even if someone did do everything that was thought or said if they have a heart to repent how many know our, our attitude is still restored you know I mean if someone doesn't want doesn't accept it well that's on them though but you know there may be some here you've is anyone here? You don't have to raise your hand, but maybe you've sinned before. Just a thought. Uh, and maybe you're in the middle of it right now. And maybe you don't know what to do. And maybe you're feeling the heat. And maybe you got some pressure. Uh, you're in a place of restoration. We don't, we don't excuse wrongdoing and make excuse for it, but there is forgiveness. And there's always restoration. And there's always... Uh, there's, a, there's a way back in Jesus. Amen. And whether it's all guilt, whether it's all, or whether it's like them where it was, they made some mistakes and or had some problems in their business. Uh, and, you know, but, you know, but a lot of things said weren't true. There's all kinds of different variations of, of, of things that have happened and can happen. But either way, I want you to know I'm for you. You know, if you've blown it, if you've royally blown it, uh, I'm still for you. If you have a heart to serve God, if you want back, uh, I'll give you a hug. I'll pray for you. You know, I'll feel your pain and then rise up in Jesus' name with you and we'll overcome and we'll get back. And, uh, and the Lord is a God. He's a God of restoration. Amen.
Praise God. I'm glad you guys clarified that about about how that stuff wasn't ministry related because I know how the, you know, how the the world often sees things and they just want to talk about, like you said, minister, and then they go straight into did they receive any offerings? Well, you're in the ministry. Of course, they receive offerings. They're supposed to. <laughs> you know, that's the, like Ken said. That's the way that, or one of you said, it's the way that the Lord set up the ministry. You know, it's supposed to work that way. You know, I think that way sometimes too. Wouldn't it be nice if I had this little gig on the side and, you know, everything was just funded through some other thing? I think that'd be great. But it's interesting, with most ministries, the Lord didn't set it up that way. It's like He actually does move on people to support ministries. And if they don't, you know, that's, that's, that's just how the body of Christ is supposed to work. We win the world. Not a few select individuals with a special call. We do it. Some is through prayer, through giving, through doing, through going, through all kinds of things. But end result, Jesus is glorified and we can all have a part. Not everyone's going to stand behind a pulpit. Not everyone's going to have a TV ministry or something like that that's visible and something like that that's seen. But every single person can and should have a part to play in the, in the ministry. And that's through the local church, it's through ministries like theirs and, and others. Uh, we can all have a part and should have a part. Amen. I like it. I like someone said this uh, one time. You're either a missionary or a mission field. Which one are you? See, I mean, a lot of times people think, well, no, I'm already saved, but I'm not exactly a missionary. Well, then quit. Which one are you? Either get saved or start getting someone saved through, you know, again, through various means, through service, through direct evangelism, through giving, through prayer, through all that we do in Christian life. We're to be engaged in uh, God's plan. Amen. Amen. God is good. Well, I see a bright day coming. I see it's already started. And I see the path of the righteous going, getting brighter and brighter. And I see the path of your ministry getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter, brighter and brighter and brighter. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. Good things are going to take place. Hallelujah.